morning. Our scripture this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them, and at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Good morning. Our second reading comes from the book of Titus, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Will you pray with me for Jacob this morning? Dear God, um, we thank you so much for Jacob and that you saw fit to bring us um, here today to listen to him. Um, we, we pray that, that as he speaks that your Holy Spirit would work in this place, God, and that it would be over us and it would transform his words into what we need to hear. We pray that we would um, hear it into our ears and, and into our hearts, God, and we pray that you would use it to speak to us, um, speak to every single one of us in the way that we need to be spoken to today. Um, we know that your plan is perfect, God, and we, um, we thank you so much for the message and, and the plan that you have um, through what Jacob is about to say. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Good morning. My name is Jacob Sandholm, and I have been the summer ministry intern here at Mary Methodist for the last three months. And before I start the sermon today, I just want to a big thank you to all of you guys in the congregation for all the encouragement and for all of the knowledge that you've brought upon me because I've learned so much this summer and also a big shout out and a big thanks to the staff um, working under Pastor Mike it's been a blessing and I just I thank all of you for this opportunity that I have this morning so I want to start things off with a question and I want you guys to really think about it have you ever gotten something really cool or really good that you didn't deserve? That you didn't deserve. For example, it could be an opportunity. It could have been a certain present you got for Christmas or your birthday. Maybe it's your spouse. Guys, it was, believe me. <laughs> I know for me personally, it was about two years ago, I was given an opportunity by the Methodist church to be a pulpit fill or an, an interim pastor for a small church near my hometown for six months. And when I got the call to, for the guy to ask me to do that, I said, yeah, of course, I'm ready to go. I want to do this, you know. I know what I'm doing. I'm writing sermons every Sunday. You know, this is easy. Well, over the last few weeks, um, from learning from Pastor Mike Morgan, I learned that I was not ready for that, and I did not deserve that opportunity at all. <laughs> but it was an amazing experience. 
But that was an example um, from my life. And so going forward, not just from an opportunity, a gift, or your spouse, but have you ever truly thought about the love that you get from someone? The true love, like from a significant other, from any of your family members or relatives? And then if we add on top of that, have you ever really, really thought about how much God loves you? Have you ever thought about how much love God gives to us? Well, today, we will be talking about that amazing love and about the amazing grace and mercy of God. So, God gives us this grace. He gives us all this love, but why is it that we never think about it? Why don't we ever remember just how much God loves us and the love that he gives to us? Well, in the scripture of Ephesians that Madison read to us this morning, Apostle Paul lists certain ways in which all of us have lived before Christ. But I want to start this point with a quote from author Oscar Wilde, because I think this quote does a great job at explaining what a Christless life means to people and to us. So Oscar Wilde said, to be at the mercy of desire is to be a slave. Remember that quote as we go on here. So, one of the ways that Apostle Paul said that we all live a Christless life, or we have lived a Christless life, is living by the world's standards and by the world's values. We care so much about what the media wants us to think, or we care so much about what our friends think about us, what we should wear, money situation. When what we really should be thinking about is God's standards and the values that God taught us, not the world's standards. And going on that, living a Christless life, we also idolize our desires. We idolize our desires. And that when we idolize those desires, that literally means, means to desire the wrong or forbidden things. So as we care more about the world's standards and the world's value, it's at this time when we start to idolize them and we start to get God out of the picture. But we need to idolize God. He's the only one. And while we do these things, while we live just for the world, we're obeying the enemy, guys. We're not obeying God. Now, another reason why we might not think so much about God's love for us is because, frankly, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve God's love. But we get it. And that's the thing that we have to realize is that we do get it. But going back a little bit on why we don't deserve it, well... It's because we're humans. We sin. We sin every day. We sin every day. At the beginning of our scripture in Ephesians, Paul states three ways in which sin kills us spiritually, or three ways in which we are dead in sin. First of all, Paul says that sin kills our innocence. Once we sin, 
we have sinned. There's no going back on that, right? Sin leaves a permanent mark on a man and a woman, everyone, once we sin. Now, this reminds me of a scar, right? Once we sin, we get a scar. And that scar stays forever in our spiritual being. And that reminds me, and it makes me go back to a story of mine when I was really young of how I got a certain scar on my finger. So, I don't know, I was about probably 8 or 10 years old. Um, I was in Boy Scouts, and for some reason they trust boys to have pocket knives at this age. (laughs) And, you know, being that age also, I was fascinated with bouncy balls, and I wanted to know what in the heck is in a bouncy ball? And so, I know my mom can attest to this because she was here that day. I was in my bedroom. I was holding a bouncy ball in my left hand. For some reason, I didn't even grab it. I just palmed it. Don't ask me why. (laughs) I was only 10. And then I took my pocket knife that I got from Boy Scouts, and I I started, you know, to cut the bouncy ball. Well, right away, the bouncy ball fell off my hand, and the knife went like that. And it cut my index finger. And probably should have gone to the hospital, but I didn't because I didn't want stitches. (laughs) And so to this day, I have a scar, a permanent scar right here from, let's be honest, something that's not very smart, right? That could have easily been avoided. But just because I cut my finger and because I have the scar on my finger, the amazing thing is my wife, Sarah, still wants to hold my left hand. She doesn't say, oh, you got a scar. Let me go to the right side here. No. She doesn't say, say that, thank goodness. But once we sin, we do get a scar. Every time we sin, that's a scar. But just because we have those scars, that doesn't mean that God doesn't want to hold us anymore. He always wants to hold us. The second thing that Paul said on how sin kills us spiritually is that it kills our thoughts and it kills our ideals. Each sin, after we sin, it makes the next one easier and easier and easier and easier. And eventually, it starts to become kind of like a spiritual suicide. For sin kills the thoughts and the ideals that make life worthwhile. Now, when I was younger, I'm sure all of you, got, a lot of you guys think this too, professional sports, I mean, yeah, they're awesome. And when it's Sunday morning at 12 o'clock when football season starts, I want to watch football, right? But that's not what makes life worthwhile, be honest. It's not just sports, you know, it's not just certain clothes or TV shows that we watch. But every time we sin, we start to think of those sins as our lives, as our livelihood. And we start to live on those sins. And we do it day after day. When the only thing that we know makes our life worthwhile is God. And each time we sin, he drifts farther away from us. Now the third way that sin can kill us spiritually is that it can kill our will to live for God. A forbidden pleasure or a sin eventually will become a habit. It will become a necessity. Just like I said in the last point, each time we sin, it just makes the next one easier. And eventually we sin without even knowing it. And though, yes, 
by the Holy Spirit, thank God that we are forgiven th thanks to Jesus Christ. But that effect of sin remains. We still have a scar on our spiritual selves. But you all came to hear some good news, right? But God makes us alive. Sin can kill us in those three ways. We have lived, or we might be currently living that Christless life, but because of God's great love and his grace, we are made alive. Because God sent Jesus Christ to this world. You see, when sin kills our innocence, he brought us Jesus so that Jesus can take away the sense of guilt that we feel when we do something wrong, when we sin. He can't take away that sin, but he can help us move on through him. And when sin kills our thoughts and ideals, Jesus reawakens the ideal in the heart of all of us. And when sin kills our will, our will to live for God, God brought us Jesus Christ to help restore, revive, and recreate that lost will that the enemy gave to us. And the best part is, we don't have to do anything to get this. When we accept this gift of Jesus from God, it is at this point in our lives that we are reborn in our faiths. We can be born again, and we can finally wake up. That sin that was holding us down before, we are no longer dead in that sin because God loves us that much. And let me say, like Apostle Paul said, it is by God's grace only that we are saved. In our scripture, it says that Paul insists. He's not just telling us. It's not, it's not something of less importance. He is insisting that it is only by grace that we are saved. All of us here, we have done nothing or will ever do anything to deserve the love and grace that God gives us. We won't. Because we have to realize that those good works that we do in our community, in the world, while they're amazing, but you have to be doing it for the right reasons. These good works are not everything. There's a quote that I found while doing my research for this sermon in the book um, wrote by Barclays. And he said this quote. I really want you to hear this quote. Good works can never earn our salvation. But salvation should always produce good works. I'm going to say that again. Good works can never earn our salvation. But salvation should always produce good works. Amen. The main thing that we have to work on is just simply creating joy in the heart of God. And how do we do this? How do we make God look down at us and just smile and have his heart fill up? We do this by simply accepting him. We do this by loving him truly in our heart. It's not just going out and saying, I love Jesus. You have to believe it in your heart that you love Jesus. And that's why we say it to everyone. So if we love and accept him and continue to do the good works after we've really accepted him, then we're doing those works for the right reason, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're all about. That's what we should be all about.
And another thing, a really big thing that I want you guys to take home here today is that we should use this grace as our teacher. We can learn from God's amazing grace that he gives to us. In the book of Titus, verse 12, which Tyler read for us today, it tells us that the grace we are given from God teaches us the idea of self-control and how to say no to the ungodliness that surrounds us in this world. So when sin, when the enemy is tempting us and trying to kill us spiritually in those three ways I mentioned before, if we use this grace, if we can learn from it, we, we can learn how to say no to all of those sins. We can gain that self-control that God wants us to gain. And guys, once we learn this lesson, it's at this point where we can really start to live godly lives in the present age, where we can wake up and live the life that God has planned for us to live ever since we were born. So, when we gain God's grace, we say no to the enemy. We are no longer obeying that enemy like we were in our Christless life. It is now that we say yes to the hero, and that hero is God. So as we learn from this grace, I pray that we can teach other people how good God is by living like Jesus did and by just showing his love. Because all of us here, we don't deserve it. But we get it. Because that's how much God loves us. Let us pray. Dear God, I pray that all of us here can use grace as our teacher and help us realize that even though we should continue to do those good works, it is by that grace alone that we are saved. And Lord, thank you thank you for making us alive in Jesus Christ, even though we may feel like we don't deserve the grace you give us or if we have lived in a Christless life before. And so, Lord, let us take that grace and let us go out to teach others about how good you really, truly are. Amen.